Hello and welcome to this special bonus episode of Cinema to the Letter. I am Thomas here, uh, one of your hosts that are usually on. Uh, Brian's not on this one just because this is a little bit of an intro to explain what exactly this bonus episode is. Uh, because I realized, you know, we were doing the previous bonus episode, uh, which was announcing the lineup for the upcoming season, and next week on the September 26th, our first episode on Black Sabbath will be coming out. So in that little gap, I decided to put out one of the many recordings I did of uh, one of my panels at Dragon Con this past year, which I've been going for the last several years, particularly doing stuff on the horror track. Shout out to Derek Tatum, who was an unofficial producer of sorts in this episode, he's the guy that runs the horror track over there at Dragon Con, and uh, basically uh, this panel is uh, the 2023 in Horror the Year So Far, uh, where it's myself along with the other panel participants, uh, Crystal Cleveland, who is our moderator, Christopher G. Moore, Hansi Oppenheimer, Aaron Michael Richley, and D.L. Wainwright. All of us were on this panel, which was on September 1st, um, where it's basically us talking about the horror films of 2023 so far. So think your Megans, your Talk to Me's, you know, all those those big ones and smaller ones as well. And I want to emphasize uh, with this uh, one, um, th- the audio recording device I used was pretty good, but I would say it's not quite up to the admittingly flawed level of uh, the recording that Brian and I usually do on the show, but you can still hear everybody for the most part. And I did try and bump up the audio a bit for, you know, some of the people who were on the other opposite side of the table, you couldn't quite hear um, in the original recording, so I tried boosting up their audio. And also, uh, near the very end, we talked to some people in the audience, and uh, they ask us questions, and uh, we uh, I had to boost up theirs in particular, and it's a bit harder to make out, but I think you can basically hear what you need to hear for this particular episode. Um, and also, keep in mind that I did uh, six other panels for Dragon Con, and I'll be putting those up over the next, you know, month or two during the spooky season, as it were, on our Patreon, patreon.com slash cinema number two letter, where for just one dollar you'll be able to hear a bunch of bonus audio from, you know, all the way back in the double-edged double build days, as well as uh, the, some of these panels, which will include um, an Evil Dead panel, Yellow Jackets, Censorship in Classic Horror, and Vampires in classic horror, so um, I'll be putting those up sporadically over the course of while well, the main season's going on, and uh, yeah, for just one dollar you'll be able to hear those, but in the meantime, here is the 2023 in Horror of the Year So Far panel, recorded live at Dragon Con. <laughs> Beginning in January, we saw an experimental analog kinder drama movie that is probably the most divisive film that I have ever seen, Skin and Marie. We also saw a murderous AI android who just wanted a family to be loved with Megan. We saw a Cocaine-fueled bear. Yes! Woo! Has found other cocaine-fueled We saw the return of Ghost Face as he splashed his way onto the screen in Scream 6. And we saw the highly anticipated return of the Deadite. Yeah! I know it's over right 
I'm Crystal Cleveland, and I will be your moderator for 2023 in horror films, the year so far. I make horror films, I'm in them. I review horror films weekly with Gruesome Magazine, and I take deep dives into older horror films with decades of horror, the 1980s. And I'm also a huge horror fan. Um, I'm, Chris, I'm Christopher G. Moore. I'm a horror filmmaker. Uh, I've uh, made a short film called Backward Creep that we're going to turn into a feature. Um, there's a film called Worst Late Plans, a horror anthology. It's currently on the film festival circuit. And I also have an upcoming project called We're Funked, which actually Woo! is set in Atlanta in the 1970s. Uh, and also I do podcasts for Gruesome Magazine as well as Hard News Radio. Hello, uh, I'm Thomas Mariani. I am a podcaster as well. I have a podcast called Cinema to the Letter, where we cover a lot of other movies, but uh, we'll be having our second season is horror-focused, coming out in October. Um, I write some stuff for Film Cred, and uh, I like horror movies. Anyone else here like horror movies? A couple of you. I hope so. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, Aaron Michael Ritchie. I've written uh, 72 uh, books in various genres under various pen names. Um, uh, my latest, like, more horror type of a book is called The Cunning Man. It's about a Mormon sorcerer investigating paranormal crimes in Dust Bowl, Utah. Um, I just, me and my co-author, DJ Butler, just finished the third one, and um, I love horror movies. All right, I'm D.L. Wainwright. I haven't written as many books, um, but I do have a series of creepy books out. The fourth one just came out last year that has lots of folklore, mythology, and people getting eaten. Um, and I also was raised on horror movies, watching Freddy when I was in preschool. <laughs> and, you, and you turned out okay. I turned out fine. Because my daughter was watching Saw in middle school, and I was just like, is this good? But you yeah, seem like it's, a... It's cathartic. It yeah, is cathartic. It's cathartic. <laughs> I'm Hansi Oppenheimer. Uh, I run screen projects, and um, I'm a documentarian and oral historian, and I've been studying and videotaping interviews with fans for 22 years. Uh, and, yeah, it's a little hard. <laughs> Okay, so I'm just going to start off with what everyone really wants to know. What is the scariest film you've seen this year so far? Um, one of my favorite scary movies is Talk to Me. I don't know if it, um, it's one of those films that it brings something different to sort of like those seance type movies, but also enwraps it around social media and how like if kids were like, uh, instead of getting high, they were getting possessed. And it's such an interesting concept that I'm surprised nobody's really uh, done before. But there's moments in that where my jaw dropped and I was like, I didn't know what was going to happen. And I think that in itself really kind of creeped me out <laughs> by the end of it. So I think that's probably the one that really stands out as something that kind of scared me to where it's like, it's almost like when Candyman came out and you refused to say Candyman in front of the mirror several times. And I was like, I'm not sure if I want to hold that hand and say, talk to me. <laughs> uh, you know, we referenced it earlier. I'm just going to say, I think the scariest, at least the most scared I've been, because, you know, when you're a horror fan, you see a lot of horror movies, not a lot scares you anymore. You want that thrill again. Uh, got that, and I think it's Skin and Yeah. I'm going to be real. I think it is Skin and I know, divisive. In fact, I remember I saw it in a theater during its weird theatrical release where most of the audience was clearly hating it. Like, no one was being, no one was being overtly awful, but you could just tell just a vibe was just not there. Meanwhile, I'm in the back row. I got like a little beanie because I'm in Florida, but it's the one week it's cold. 
and I was just like hiding behind it. Genuinely, just terrified me. I don't know. It just got into a certain sort of childhood fear That's right. that just immediately was like, yep, yeah, this is this is terrifying me. I can't I can't handle this right now. <laughs> Um, yeah, Talk to Me is a is masterpiece, right? It's the best movie, uh, horror movie I've seen since The Descent. Um, anybody like The Descent? Yeah. I like it so much, I cannot watch The Descent too. I just can't make myself do it. Uh, but like, and Talk to Me scared me, right? I had trouble sleeping. Um, Skinnamarink, though, it's and what's funny is about Skin. We'll talk more about Skinnamarink, I'm sure. But that there, there's a section about 45 minutes in where he pulls away from taking, you know, long shots of doorways. And um, the parent scene is worth the whole ride. The parent scene, 45 minutes in, just, man, I'm getting chills right now. It had that, like, Lynchian type of, like, surreal horror. It was awesome. I guess I gotta check out Skinnering. Um, I'd say maybe. <laughs> uh, so the one that the the only one that's like really affected me this year, and is one that I don't usually get affected by horror anymore, but this one really did was Malum. Um, oh, and uh, yeah, it was really good. And I think it 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 like to the point of like how horror, what it's supposed to do is supposed to tap into like pre-existing fears and anxieties and stuff. And I think it really did a good job with that and like sort of the use of liminal space and isolation and stuff with it. And it was really good at building anxiety and tension throughout it and stuff. It, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not so sure about the scary, but my my favorite film was I Knock at the Cabin based on Yes. Cabin at the End of the World. Because it was, it, you're watching it, you just kept going back and forth, like, what are they doing? Are they writing? It, it was really interesting. Wow. It was a great story. Mm-hmm. So speaking of talk to me, it definitely deserves to be talked about. I mean, what what is happening when you have two Australian yeah. YouTubers who make this incredible horror film with a completely new mythos, and they did such a great job of teaching about this embalmed ceramic hand. It sounds ridiculous, but I agree that that is definitely one of my favorite movies for this year. So how did they do it? What makes it so compelling? What makes it work? Well, my daughter, like, so my daughter's 18, and um, she was like, we got out of it, and she was like, that's exactly what would happen, right? <laughs> it, was, it was like, they captured that, like, like, that's exactly what would happen if there was, like, paranormal with, you know, social media and the whole thing. And I think, uh, and um, Shelman, to my Christopher, talked about how it was this, it was so unexpected. Like, I expected kind of the Ouija board tropes, and I expected kind of a normal ride. And when it went far to the left, like, there's a whole dog scene that was just so disturbing. And I'm like, it it was like the gloves were off, and I didn't know what to expect. And I love that feeling, because so much of this is just following the tropes and the cliches, and it was so different. Yeah, and I think... I'm just going to steal this mic over here. Uh, I think another thing is that what works about the initial third of Talk to Me is that it's kind of like, you know, we mentioned the drug metaphor. It's kind of fun initially, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just letting, like, the ghost mm-hmm. thing happen. Like, that whole montage that happens yeah. is amazing. It's so fun. And then once shit goes bad, it goes real bad. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, and, and, it's, and I think the way it, the arc of the whole story uh, works perfectly the way it ends. You yes. know? 
So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I, I will say, as a filmmaker, I'm kind of pissed. <laughs> <laughs> this is their first feature film out of the gate. Granted, they've been working on YouTube for like years, yeah. and they've kind of worked hard. But they really did a really great job in sort of bringing the scares into place and 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 making you uh, understand the characters but and also just understanding the trauma what's happening because there's a part you know I mean and I think I, sometimes foreign filmmakers can sort of get away with that more than American filmmakers although yeah. you know uh, but children trauma <laughs> stuff happening to kids you're like oh crap this is the <laughs> they're not playing and there's a moment in that where I'm like Oh my God! I, I and I was like literally, oh crap! Uh, I, I was, and it made me scared for characters that are in a movie. Yeah. And I think when they can suck you in like that, and I think they do really great. I mean, you, you think these two, if you see them on the interview circuit, they're goofballs. Yeah. You know, they're throwing each other around, they're making fun of each other, and they're very humble too. Like, oh man, we thought nobody was gonna like this film, and you know, Jordan Peele and all these people came out to their screening. Oh man, we love your film. So yeah, I think I think. You have these two people that had they had a really cool idea, a unique idea, and they did a great job of just making it come to life. To where, even though I'm sometimes sequels aren't don't work, I'm kind of excited to see what they can do with that concept totally. in I, general. Yeah, I also particularly recommend to speak to that. Just uh, they did an interview where they were interviewed by George Miller. Yeah. Mad Max George Miller. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, you've made it as an Australian filmmaker when George Miller's like, "You're great." You know it. <laughs> And A24 did already greenlight a sequel, so oh, there will yeah. be another one. I don't know where they're going to so, go from here, but I'm excited. Supposedly they shot like a, a screen-like thing that's sort of a prequel to yeah. it as well. Mm -hmm. So they've already got something in the With can. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they're, they're, I'm excited to see not only what they do with this project, but what they do with other stories as well. Okay, so we kind of briefly touched on this, but this year it seems like some filmmakers are taking more risks. Oh, <laughs> and uh, by risks, I mean, <laughs> Christopher doesn't love these. Uh, I'm talking about Skin and Rink, and if you are familiar with the Outwaters, which is kind of a cosmic love crafty and found footage film, and it's a little wild and it takes you on a trip. So, <laughs> what are your thoughts on these? I, I will tell you, I'll start off with Skin and Rink. I agree that Skin and Rink was very compelling and very scary. Now I say this not from a filmmaking aspect because to be honest with you, I wouldn't know if any of these shots were the way that they were supposed to be or not because you could barely see anything. But it's not the filmmaking that I loved, it's the way that the movie made me feel. I felt uncomfortable, it felt gross. I felt like a kid again too when it was when you're looking at some of the shots and some of the TVs or blink, and that I don't know why that's so terrifying. I feel like I didn't have that scary of a childhood, but I was watching The Exorcist at five, so there was clearly something wrong there. So The Outwaters is kind of one of those movies where, in the beginning, it was a slow burn. I didn't care about the characters, but if you do watch it, the last 20 minutes, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give anything away. It's crazy. Well, uh, let me get my negative comments out of the way, <laughs> so other people can talk positively about this. I, Skinema Rink felt like all the boring parts of a TikTok video, <laughs> and I feel like I feel like I could throw my film, I could throw my camera in the middle of the room and film, and I'd do the same thing they did. So I I, I appreciate them doing something different, but uh, and that's I, the only reason I think the reason that it even got any kind of theatrical thing is because people were posting little sec seconds of on TikTok and people are like, oh, this is spooky, but seeing a whole thing of just like 
shooting <laughs> shooting the corner of the, the ceiling. I, I was like, really? This got a theatrical release? Uh, and I had friends who were like, oh man, I've heard good things about it. And, and I was like, don't go see it. <laughs> but I guess it's to each your own. I'm kind of, ex- but that's a subjective nature of horror in general. Outwaters is another. <laughs> But 75% of it is shot through a pinhole. <laughs> if I wanted to watch a movie through a pinhole, I might be in the 1920s, but this is, come on, really? I mean, I understand what they're going for, but you couldn't see anything. And if I'm watching a movie, I want, at least I want to see something. So I, those are the two worst films I've seen <laughs> this year. But as you can see, there's other people that think it's brilliant, and, and I wish I could live in that imaginary world, but... It, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Earth art is subjective. Earth but I don't like this art. <laughs> That's my... And I'll, I'll stop there. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I mean, I said my, my thoughts about Skin and Rink earlier, uh, but, I, you know, I'm going to agree with you on the Outwaters in terms of I respect, like, there's particularly one scene that does technically involve a creature. I'm going to use that as the loosest yeah, yeah. thing possible. Mm-hmm. But I thought, like, this is actually interesting for such a low budget, but the problem is that why is that movie two hours long? Yeah. Why is it two hours long? And it's so nothing to me, unfortunately. Despite some interesting creative filmmaking, I I was not a fan. But uh, Skinner Rink's dope. Uh, <laughs> so my, my my I know my I know a movie's not working out with my daughter because the phone comes out right. It's like, like during us, she started on her phone and then she like was like, oh my god, you know, we might have to turn this off. She was terrified. So with Skinner Marie, about ten minutes in, the phone came out, and I'm like, "Oh, Ella, you're checking out on me." And what's interesting is, I thought, like, man, this would be a good short film, right? You take the scariest things, have ten minutes, it'd be a great short film. But the 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 madness and the genius of it is, it is long because it creates exactly what the moderator said that feeling of horror and terror that you have when you're little, right? And you're in a house, and that that there's this there's this edge between imagination and reality and I remember feeling that where you're just looking at the corner of the room and then things are appearing in your peripheral vision and I you know and and it's late and everyone's asleep and man it captures that and I don't think it could capture that in 10 minutes I think you needed the hour and 45 minutes and I my friend who's gonna hate it I keep telling him yeah, it all comes together in the last five minutes, so just watch it, but it doesn't. Did you say that it doesn't? Oh, no, no, it totally does. The last five, just stick with it for those hour and 40 minutes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, buddy. I didn't watch it yet. I need to. Have you seen it? Um, Just pieces. I haven't watched the whole thing yet. No problem, no problem. You can't see them all. Like, there's, there's so many... Horror has grown so much. Isn't it awesome? I mean, I can't believe... Okay, so I was actually going to ask a question about what what should have gotten a theatrical release but didn't. But there was like two movies that I looked at that didn't actually make it into the theaters, and that is amazing. So all of you are the reason why horror is in the theater, so thank you for that, by the way. Um, Okay, are there any horror films that surprised you for this year, either in a positive or negative way. I mean, I will tell you that I knew nothing about Talk To Me going in, and that just, I went, what? What did I just want? Where did this come from? I knew it was by the Rocka Rocka dudes, and I was like, this is going to be not good, but I'm going to go see it because I want, I like bad horror movies, okay? So I'm not always the best judge. Sometimes bad is good, you know? 
So um, that shocked me. Is there anything? Oh, oh, there is a movie called Freaks versus the Right. And it is an international film, which I know a lot of people probably haven't seen, but it is so beautiful. It has like a del Toro feel to it, and it's about these circus performers who fight the right. And it's crazy and wild, and it's beautiful. So I definitely recommend it. Well, it's yeah. no clownado, but. <laughs> 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 um. Well, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. The Freaks versus, I think it's Freaks versus Third Reich, I think. Um, oh, yeah. Freaks or the Reich. But, yeah, it's it's almost like the best Del Toro film that's not, Del Toro mm-hmm. didn't direct, because it's a very beautifully shot film, and it's got elements of uh, X-Men and all these different things in it, but it's really well done. Um, let's see. Uh, this is a weird thing, but uh, a lot of times when you have horror films, a lot of them are based around social media, and, and Talk Me is a good example of that. There's a movie called Influencer that I was really surprised at because the social media aspects of it, they really made it believable to where this girl would like still would kill people and steal their identities and would AI their face over hers. So she'd be like going out on the beach and would, would AI their face over her and would be raking in money from them and stuff. And it was such a... It's such a really well done um, film that kind of uh, because a lot of times you, when you incorporate any kind of technology, I'm like I'm out. It's like this is stupid. This isn't going to work. But that I could believe somebody could do that if you went to some island and, and nobody nobody really cares about you as much, and and, you, and this person keeps doing this to people who come to the island as influencers. Um, so I, I thought that was a really interesting that kind of stood out to me that I think I think the cool thing about working for Gruesome Magazine is like I watch movies I probably would not watch on my own like and I think with that I was like okay this is surprising I'm glad that I watched this because otherwise I probably would not have because it just seemed like a cheesy concept so um, I will second that on Influencer particularly uh, the actress Cassandra Noud yes. is amazing uh, who's the lead of it um, but you know one that surprised me only because it got so weirdly dumped to theaters was Cobweb. Oh, yes! Did anyone here actually see Cobweb? Yes! I'm curious. Yeah. True warriors out there. But, um, if you don't know, Cobweb is this movie that came out Barbenheimer weekend, yeah. so it was just buried. No one was going to see it. It's a bummer. But basically, uh, it's about this kid who ends up uh, being very ostracized from his peers, and his parents are Anthony Starr from uh, The Boys, and then Lizzie Kaplan from like Party Down, and they play weird, creepy parents who are like, you can't go out, and you gotta make sure like you hear stuff in the walls, don't ask about it. Nothing's there. <laughs> and it's, well, it's just something there. What to say? Uh, but I thought it was very, <laughs> it was very stylish. It was very, especially. It's so weird to come out in the summer because it's a great fall movie. It's set around October, like uh, Halloween, and looks so good. And it had like a real fun vibe. And Lizzie Cavell and Anthony Starr are perfect. Yes. It's like weird, awful parents um, that are uh, tremendous. I, I would definitely recommend. If no one's seen that, most of you haven't. Uh, that's that's a really good one. It surprised me a lot. Now, was this as creepy as Mom and Dad with the uh, Nicolas Cage? <laughs> no. That was one of my daughter's favorite movies. Which I don't know if that's about my parenting. Vibe, but, but yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of shying away from sequels and kind of franchises. Because I want to see like the more of the skin and rink, more of the stuff that takes chances. But I was pleasantly surprised with Evil Dead Rise. Now, I have a question. Who is for CGI blood? I really like it a lot, right? I really like it a lot. I've been kind of waiting for CGI gore, and so I think it's only going to get better. 
Um, but there was one scene with the cheese. Now, my daughter, she's seen the human centipede, and she loves Saw movies and the wrong turn movies. Even the bad ones, arguably, they're all bad, but you know, except for the second one, which is a cinematic masterpiece. Um, so I'm sitting in the theater, and there's the cheese grater scene, and my daughter shudders, and I'm like, fuck oh. I'm like... I'm like, heck yeah, this movie. It was so uncomfortable and gory, and it just went there. And I was just like, man, I, I was very pleasantly surprised. So actually, I was pleasantly surprised by Megan, because to be honest, I thought I would hate it. Like, I thought when I saw all the previews that it looked really silly, and um, I it was actually it was pretty good. I was pretty good, and I liked the... Uh, so I fully admit that I also like the, the remake of, of Chucky that came out like yes. a few years ago. And I found it interesting the like looking at Megan and that remake of Chucky where like the, the remake the Child's Play one was very much children raising an AI and then Megan was an AI raising the child and stuff. And I thought it was uh, really interesting because again tapping into fears and anxieties and about like what, you know, all of this social media and kids like basically being raised on the internet and stuff like that, like, what is that going to do to them kind of thing, so it played on that. Um, so yeah, and the only really silly element, the really silly scene in Megan, like, where she chases the kid in the, the, the woods, I was able to kind of work that in my head by being like, it's okay, because she has access to the internet, and I feel like yes. she just thought, like, saw what would be the creepiest way to go after this kid. That would, that would freak him out the most, and that's why she did. <laughs> so if you think of it like that. Also, I believe we're mispronouncing the title. Per the posters, it's M3-ing. Oh, sorry. Right? Right? Yeah. Yes. Soft G. <laughs> Soft G. Yeah. Um, I really love Brooklyn 45. Yeah, very good. I'm a Ascendant fan. Um, yes. I was in Jerusalem once, and I put a finger to pause because there's a motorcycle going by. It is I'm natural noise. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but um, Brooklyn 45, it's like it's a really interesting story that just yeah. keeps like switching around. Like you're like, what the hell is going on here? You know? And it's on Shutter. Yes. Uh, what is this one called again? Uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn 45 on Shutter. Yeah. yeah. They. Uh, one of the guys' wife had committed suicide because she thought it was Nazi living next door. And this guy went to do a seance, and things just hide you. Okay, so do we have gore fans out there? Uh, yeah. I, I know the score is like one of my favorites, and I don't know what that says about me, but we'll do that for now. So, what do you think some of the best visual practical effects are so far? I will say that. Sometimes I'm not the best. I don't do CGI, so I assume something is practical. I think Talk to Me. Oh my God! If you have to say Talk to Me, you have to say Talk to Me, okay? Because like, there's this point. Oh, I can't. I want to give anything away, but the gore <laughs> is delicious. It's so beautiful. I was just like, oh gosh, so good. And I know that people don't like the outwaters, but there is a scene, you know, yeah, oh, there is a scene. That's what I'm saying, that last 20 minutes. Maybe you should just fast forward the last 20 minutes. Because it still won't make sense. Or maybe don't watch it at all. (laughs) (laughs) So any visual special effects you think deserve record? Um, 
I thought the creature in Last Voyage of Demeter was a really cool new vampire that actually had a guy in a creature suit. Even though there's a little bit of CGI in places, I think, again, uh, I kind of miss a scary Dracula. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. You know, I think we've always romanticized it. It's good that we sort of get back to those basics. Um, actually, one film we didn't talk about, there's an Argentinian film called Legions, which oh, is yeah. very, it's, it's uh, actually Evil Dead, it definitely is a big impression on it. There's a part with a, a ripping off the jaw off that's like oh. jaw dropping, pardon the pun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, also one of my favorites, I, I don't know if it's considered coming out in 20, I came out, I guess it came out in a video 2023. Is Mad Heidi? Did it come out? Oh, this? yes. Okay. There's a film called Mid Heidi that's called Swiss Flotation. And it is ridiculous. It's like the Heidi from like the Swiss movies or whatever, but she's going against like these versions of Nazis, except they're all about against people who are lactose intolerant. And, and they, if, you, if you can't eat cheese, they'll kill you. And Casper Van Dion is like the, the Hitler of the cheese industry. It's it is it's, it's ridiculous. They they waterboard people in like hot cheese, and, it's a, and the Goran is crazy. And it goes off. It goes really bonkers and if you like exploitation type films that is it's, it's so ridiculous fun well yoga hosers have the brazis yeah true yeah. yes um, I mean, I think there was a fair amount of like ones where even I don't love necessarily a cup some of these movies, but I think I thought um, a lot of the makeup in particular was really well done. Like Renfield, oh, yeah, wow. not a movie I loved, but particularly like Cage um, in his like rehealing vampire state. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think is like such incredible like gory effects for it. Um, or even um, the movie Kids vs Aliens, which is yeah, on Shutter, oh. which is from the guy who made Hubo with a shotgun. Um, I think it's a lot of tremendous gory practical effects. And you know, even we mentioned uh, Evil Dead Rise earlier. Um, I think it's a great mix of stylized CG gore, which is what I prefer if you're going to do it, um, and then great practical makeup effects in that one. Yeah, nothing comes to mind except, um, I, and I was super disappointed in this movie, is uh, Winnie the Pooh. Blood <laughs> <laughs> I was, I, 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 they, it's such a weird... That's an example of, I wish the writers of Cocaine Bear would have done, because Blood and Honey could have started a whole franchise, and it's not, because it's so bad. I mean, it's Although so they do bad. They, and I, but I was going to say, uh, I watched, I prepared for the panel, and I was like, my parents wanted to watch a movie, and my dad, for some reason, wanted to watch Winnie the Pooh. And so I watched that with my parents. I don't recommend it. And they they hated the practical effects. They were like, we made fun of Piglet and Pooh the whole time. And uh, but I kind of liked it. I think they you know they did it cheap, and I thought it was cool. And I mean, there were so many elements to that movie that it could have been. It could have been so good. Well, what was the one they did like a year or two ago? And it was another like Murray Croft kind of character, oh. and they tried to do a horror movie, yeah, and it didn't Banana really Splits, play. I think they did that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I guess I'll just say Malum again. I believe that it, like, it was mostly, if not all, like practical effects, and I feel like they did a pretty good job with the... You're saying no? I, I'm saying I have to see it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like, so, and I think that's, that's part of what made it feel very, very real and very visceral, is that it... it it kept it very like practical. I like practical effects. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nothing stood out to me as you know spectacular effects this year. It wasn't something I was looking for. You know, it's, it's been a weird year. It has yeah. been a weird year. Yeah. 
So we all know that Nicolas Cage has been dying to play Dracula. And he did. He finally got his wish with Renfield. Yeah, okay, so I am a I love the movie. I thought it, yeah, <laughs> I thought it was fabulous. I know it, it's kind of divisive though, too, because I've heard some people that just flat out did not like the film. I mean, they're wrong. Yeah, yeah it, so it definitely has. Yeah, it was, I, I loved it. What about, what are y'all's thoughts? Did, I mean, I think Nicholas Cage was awesome. I mean, he was just that perfect blend. Actually, he was so evil with what he did, but I still liked him. And, you know, like, to play a horrible villain that you still root for is really hard. You know, originally, uh, James Wan wanted him for the Castlevania movie he was working on for a while, so, so finally he got to play Dracula. Um, I think if you follow any of my social media, <laughs> Evil Dead Rise is like my favorite horror film of the year. Mm. I think Lily Sullivan embodying that Deadeye energy. Yeah. Uh, I thought she just, I mean, just, just <laughs> mommies with the maggots now. I mean, <laughs> just the way she delivers her lines and uh, just the physicality and stuff in that role, I thought was amazing. And I think without that, the film wouldn't have been as impactful. I mean, all, I think all the cast was great in it. Um, and also the, the younger brother and talk to me. <laughs> it's like yeah. that was a pretty powerful role when it comes to roles in movies. Uh, just to address the Renfield of it all, I clearly <laughs> respect and love the work of Nicolas Cage, and if anything, I wish he was maybe in more of that movie Thank than you. he is. Yes. I think it's a big problem with him. But I will say, in terms of just one where I don't know if I'm going to win over any fans with this, but um, <laughs> The Pope's Exorcist isn't a good movie. I know. <laughs> but... Russell Crowe is kind of amazing in The Pope's Exorcist. Yeah, yeah, Because, yeah, like, yeah. now, because Russell Crowe, obviously we all know from, like, Gladiator, Academy Award winner, I kind of love now that he's just into doing, like, weird trash. Yeah. <laughs> and Pope's Exorcist is weird trash. Yeah. Like, he took what is, like, could be just a plain possession movie, and he becomes this weird, like, Italian cardinal guy. Thomas Mariani, I love bad Italian accents. <laughs> it's so fun to see him just, like, blessing people and on his little Vespa. <laughs> It's so dumb, but I love him. He's amazing. <laughs> Did you want to comment on Rimfield? Like point counterpoint? Hate it. <laughs> I just like the the whole side story of you know the guy oh. who's like NA and like familiar. It's just like don't care. Oh. Yeah, the, the sort of drug dealing subplot, I agree. It's a weird thing. It's like a 90s comedy now where we have to have a drug dealer subplot. <laughs> I, just, I, yeah. I, just, I just went off in a weird direction that I didn't care for, you know. Yeah. And um, Nicholas Cage has done so many cool, like, I like the, what's, is it the a Night at Willy Wonka's? Or oh, Willy's Wonderland. Willy's Wonderland. Cinematic I mean, he's done so many good, low budget ish horror movies, but that wasn't one of them. <laughs> for me. <laughs> Uh, I want to see Willy's Wonderland 2 where ni all Nicolas Cage does is clean. Yeah. That's all I, that's all I really want to see. Just mopping. Um, well done. Two hours I, of mopping. Yeah, I, I, I'm on board, but I like skin ring. Um, <laughs> Renfield was... Now, again, you know, my daughter got the phone out and she's like, well, this isn't horror. Um... Uh, I like the action. I like the I like the comedy. I like the support group meetings. Yeah. Um, the dark moment of that movie was for me very dark, and I'm like, wow, that's hardcore. And I liked how the Deus Ex back and how they kind of clean it up real quick. Um, uh, two things: one, the actor who played John Raphael yeah. from Parks and Rec, 
I wish he were in every movie um, as John Raphael. And then Aquafina. I think Aquafina should be in every movie because I love Aquafina so much. And it was like, and it was it me or did Nicolas Cage's accent kind of go in and out? It was kind of like. Does it matter? It, and it didn't matter. It just didn't matter because he was chewing the scenery so deliciously. I'm like, I'm on board, man. Yeah. And the and the lead. The main character, the guy who played Brentfield, did Nicholas Holtz. Yeah, he did such a good job. It was really a good, and that's one of the things I think was especially, and it's hard to do, is create characters that you love. And I think that's where Blood and Honey, you know, missed the boat. And that's why Talk to Me was so good, is that they spent so much time creating these characters that when they were in peril, you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, I guess I will say that I, I think the, the standout performances for me would have been uh, the ones in um, The Evil Dead Rise. I think all of the actors mm. in that did a good job. All of the kids did a great job. Uh, and, like, I felt so bad for the son whenever he realized, like, it was his fault, spoiler alert, um, that, like, uh, the stuff happened, like, like, it broke my heart and stuff. I think they did, a, and, and that's what makes it, like, so impactful and stuff, is that you really start to, like, feel for all of those characters, and so it's good to have effective actors for it. Okay, so I do have to point out one thing sure. I love okay. the movie, okay, but Nicholas and Aquafina didn't have the best chemistry. As far as that okay. goes, that was my one I can see that. thing where I was like, and she's fab. She's so funny. I think Nicholas did a great job, but he just couldn't, like, feel them together. Yeah. Um, okay, so in terms of, like, horror trends, like, let's be real, we don't see as many zombie movies, thankfully, as we used to. Do you... I, I actually was going through all of the movies, and I was looking, and I was like, it's all over the place. Do you see any horror trends? I mean, I'm glad we're finally seeing vampire movies again, you know, but do you see any dying trends? Do you see any upcoming trends? I'm seeing, like, a lot of diversity trends. That yes. I really like, like, the blackening. Yes, the blackening yep. Yeah. Uh, the angry black girl <laughs> and her monster. Yes. I mean, both I have are really interesting films. Um, and so I'm, I'm happy that we're seeing, you know, other people's points of view in horror <coughs> and, you know, them referencing horror history about it, you know. So I thought that was well done. Um, something I found interesting is the fact that I think this is sort of, I guess, is more of a counter to like what Hollywood has been having an, an issue with. Like this summer was like a devastating summer in terms of box office. Like so many massive giant flops. The horror franchises did really well. Yes. Like Insidious uh, Chapter 2, even The Meg 2 was doing fine. Uh, Evil Dead Rise, Scream 6. Like all pretty solid hits. So I think if anything it's just that audiences can be more invested in like a ongoing horror franchise because that's just there's more of a charm to that I think as opposed to like having a big cinematic universe with all your superheroes versus like I don't know Ghostface is back let's see what Ghostface is doing who is Ghostface now let's see how that goes or even Evil Dead Rise like I, I like the idea of them continuing just like Evil Dead and a blank Deadites in some other location I think they found sort of like a new avenue for what they could do with that franchise and even like Insidious it's just like there's that Darth Maul guy again. We all love seeing him. He pops up behind Patrick Wilson. We all love him. And he, I honestly say also, Patrick Wilson, pretty solid directorial debut with yeah. that movie. I would like to see him do more horror movies. Good, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I'm wondering, like, with 
there's new, there's more female directors. That's also part of it as well. Definitely, and, and female writer, producer, directors. I see a lot of it changes the film so much. Mm -hmm. Their characters are so so differently written. So I know Christopher kind of addressed this. Do you do do you think there's any standout performances? Oh. Um, <laughs> as far as like not not rent film related, like I feel like I agree with him. Talk to me, the female the female from. Is it Sophie Wilde? Isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. It was amazing. I think she's a starlet. I think she is a star. I think she's one to be watched. I, of course, People Dead Rise. I think the entire cast was phenomenal. Yeah. Of that. Is there is there someone else like okay so I think. Nicholas did a great job. Obviously, Nick Cage was better, but like, is there anything that you can think of that was like something that just blew your mind? Uh, well, I think this is just part of more of like her just dominating horror ever since like even you know the last couple months or so. But uh, you know, uh, with Infinity Pool, um, oh. Gavin. Um, oh God, I just forgot Pearl. Just what's her name? Mia Goth. Thank you, everyone. Yes, Mia Goth tremendous in that movie even like as much as I had issues with uh, that's not my favorite I, I loved uh, the previous one he did um, but uh, with Randy Cronenberg but this one I thought Possessor. he the whole sequence yes Possessor great but uh, the whole sequence where you got um, Mia Goth just like confronting him and getting him off the bus and she's just screaming at him and she's like reading bad reviews of his book while he's like God, walking naked on the road and yeah. stuff like that tremendous performance from her what just are you doing Jay? <laughs> Jay? Jay? just the way she enunciates <laughs> just makes me laugh so good <laughs> yeah, and I, 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 uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of David Cronenberg, and I haven't seen yeah. Possessor, so I really want to see Infinity Pool. And the movie kind of lost me because it was like, oh, we hate rich people, um, but not like the menu that which was amazing. <laughs> but that scene where she's re as an author, that was so great. I was howling laughter, and it made the whole ride worth it when she's like reading his bad reviews. It was so <laughs> great. It was so awesome. <laughs> The uh, the Legos and Skinnamarink? No. Wonderful performances. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so I could ask about cinematography, and I know you love the cinematography in Skinnamarink. But so some of my favorite moments with cinematography was Evil Dead Rise, the homage to like The Shining. Yeah. Yeah. With the elevator, I do. I and this is what trips me out about talking. I know I keep talking about talk to me. I'm kind of sick of saying it, but the cinematography was. So good. Like, it's, it's just good, y'all. Like, can you think of anything that stood up other than, yeah. oh, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, the way... So, Bo is Afraid is a complicated oh. movie. Um, yeah. But the way it was put together was just masterful. Uh, Tom, before the panel started, Tom mentioned something about um, Bo is Afraid is a three-hour anxiety nightmare. <laughs> and the way it starts in like it's like this worst case scenario and like my daughter suffers of anxiety and it captures how she sees the world and I thought it was just I mean I had problems with the movie um, but the way it was shot and the way it was put together was just especially that first initial um, sequence like, like half of the first half hour um, was just it really got a sense of this guy had this 
crippling anxiety and like it was so well done yeah just to just to piggyback on that uh Bo is afraid is my favorite movie of the year regardless of horror or not i think it's, it's arguably one that a lot of people say this is a horror movie it feels wow. intense it is so massively intense but i think it's a tremendously i think made movie it, the way i describe it is it feels kind of like not just a three-hour anxiety dream but also like a three-hour epic version of a thing you'd see at 3 a.m on adult swim what? just like a weird thing it's like oh, did someone allow this to happen? <laughs> and I think it, it's a tremendously weird experiment that I, uh, it's not for everybody, but I, I, I truly loved it. <laughs> did you like it, Christopher? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, am, I, am I the go-to guy for person who hates? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm curious. I, as someone that has anxiety, I don't have to watch that movie <laughs> Especially if it's three hours long. Not uh, I do not. appreciate the testicle monster that pops up. Oh my god. But other than that, uh, it just felt it felt like uh, I love Hereditary, I love Midsommar. Oh, it god. felt like, oh no, I can do whatever I want and then they can't do anything about it and it just felt like very just full of himself, you know, and, and it felt like I could get away with this as opposed to it actually being something so uh, I appreciate him getting away with it because there's some bonkers stuff that happens in it. But I did not. I think my favorite moment is the people sitting back next to me. It's like, what the f did I just watch? <laughs> and that made me laugh so hard. That was the most entertaining part of the movie was the people in the theater. I do not like it, but I I can appreciate it. <laughs> but I will never watch it again. <laughs> okay, so what are your must-watch and maybe you should pass movies for? This year. You know, uh, one thing I do want to mention, and we haven't really covered it, is there's a lot of great horror documentaries that have come out this year. Oh, yeah. There's uh, Living with Chucky, mm-hmm. um, King on Screen, Hollywood Dreams and Nightmares. There's even one that dropped on Shutter called uh, Shark Exploitation. Oh, yeah. Um, that really do a great job of, of deep dives in these different subjects and taking different ways of telling stories about it. And, uh, and I really enjoyed that, you know. I mean, it's even like the Hollywood Dreams and Nightmares about Robert England. They they cover stuff. They do cover stuff you normally see on behind the scenes stuff. There's a lot of stories I hadn't heard, and how they tell the story using animation and stuff. It's really thought out and and really fun to watch. Um, let's see what is it? I mean, I think we covered a lot of this stuff. I did enjoy Kids versus Aliens. Yeah. Yes. Even though it is that kind of low budget sort of. Charles Bandish way it goes about it, but I enjoy that. Um, a Sisu, which is kind of oh. yeah, yes. adjacent, uh, yeah. but it's more like there's some bonkers stuff he does to people, and that that Jason would be would be <laughs> envious of. Uh, I think if Rafa Becky's on here, that Sisu could be. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, well, yeah. well, well, well <laughs> I'm saying yeah, yeah. Ra- Ra- and I, I, Rafa Becky's another one. Yeah. If you've seen Becky, Rafa Becky takes it to another level, and, yeah. and that actress that plays that, I just want to see Becky movie from this point on. Yeah. Beck Harder or whatever. <laughs> Becky Harder. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a few other things. Okay, so what about your canvas or oh, movies upcoming? You okay, yeah. gotcha. You mean upcoming movies? No, no, no. What, okay. you, can't, what you can't miss and what you maybe should pass on. Like I said. I think I mentioned a few things you could pass on. <laughs> I don't want to reiterate that uh, to be totally negative. I don't know. I, I don't want to crap on any more movies. <laughs> I will say, please pass, Gunna Marie. No, you No, well, you know what? I will, you know what? I will not say. As a filmmaker, watch it. Make your own opinion about it. Don't. 
listen yeah. to my shit because uh, I have my own opinions. And art is very subjective. Watch it, and then if you hate it, say, Chris, you were right. <laughs> but go watch. But then, or if you love it, like Chris, you, you're an sob. I'm never gonna listen to you again. So anyway, go watch it because art is subjective. And you never know what you might like and what you don't like. But uh, I won't crap on any other movies. Thomas. Um, you know, I mean, one we haven't mentioned yet uh, that I thought was uh, a lot of fun, I think it's just because it's on Peacock where not a lot of people would see it, is uh, Sick. Oh, that was great. Which is, yeah. if you don't know, it's the Kevin Williamson who wrote Scream, his recent oh, uh, no. COVID yeah. uh, sort of slasher movie that has, if nothing else, I think some of the best stunt work I've seen in a horror movie. There's like huge, like the first, I don't know, yeah. middle 30 minutes is a chase. It's a straight up just like giant chase between like the killer and one of the victims, and I think it's a tremendous like example of like action filmmaking in a horror movie. Um, and you know I don't know if it's missed, but one that kind of disappointed me because I think it had all the ingredients and it didn't quite work for me was We Have a Ghost, the Netflix David Harbor movie. I think there's a lot of fun stuff in it. I don't hate it totally, but I think it's just. It's too long, and it has, like, the Netflix overdevelopment problem for me, which is a bummer, because it could be, like, there's elements that make you feel like this could be, like, a fun entry-level horror comedy, and this isn't quite there for me. Uh, top three definitely was Talk to Me, Skin Marink, and Cocaine Bear. Uh, <laughs> uh, lowest on the list was Skin Marink and um, Blood and Honey. Um, and but I, I if, if you like Ari Aster, Bo is afraid... Is self-indulgent, right? It's three hours, and it is, it is, it's, it's that surreal horror. Um, and if you like that kind of surreal horror, and if you want to watch something that does not play by the rules, I would, I would recommend *Bo Is Afraid*, even though it's gonna, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting ride. All right, well, obviously Malin, but I, uh, uh, unwelcome. I don't uh, know if anybody knows that mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's so yeah, familiar, it's yeah. more of like kind of a, a fun folk horror-y kind of one uh, that uh, has um, they call them red caps, but it's actually the the fire uh, it's uh, the Irish kind of version of that. Um, but uh, I, it. Well, they are they are kind of yeah the sheet yeah but the far dark is the the red man um which is their version of the red caps but anyway I I, 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 I <laughs> um if you like sort of more of like the uh, 80s early 90s kind of like uh, little creature horror things like uh, uh, critters and gremlins then that would be right up your alley it was it was a fun ride the ending's a little weird but it's fun yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, People Dead Rise is definitely worth seeing. Um, I have feelings about it, but my thoughts about it is it's a really, really great horror film. I, I, it's not part canon, but <laughs> um, Run Rabbit Run I really enjoyed, and that was written and directed by women, women so go see it. <laughs> um, yeah, Infinity Pool, I just thought was pretentious crap. <laughs> <laughs> cocaine Bear was hilarious. I tried to watch Cocaine Shark um, mm. for all of you. And believe me, you owe me. <laughs> it was hard. But I did find one really great on Tubi that's called Terror Trip. And I found it by posting on Twitter. I was doing this panel, and did anybody have it a free movie I could see that was released in 2023? And from the credit on, 
they start making horror jokes, and they're in horror jokes. They're like, they get it, you know. So I was like in from the credits on, and um, Terror Trip is on TV. And I wrote to the director, and I said, you had me at the credits. <laughs> and it's really worth it. Okay, so Evil Dead Rise, obviously. Influencer, yes. Freaks versus the right. Cobweb, but going to Cobweb, not knowing anything. I think it's going to be better. I, I always worry because I truly think that watching movies depends on your expectations. Oh, and if you, yeah, if you have low expectations, it's always going to end up being better. Yeah. So I don't want to pump anything up too much and ruin it for you. Things to avoid. Lord. <laughs> I, uh, I kind of agree. I love Brandon Cronenberg. I, I mean, I love Pops too, but. I was not a fan of Infinity Pool, so I kind of have to agree with that. Mm. Um, well, you know, I mean, uh, it's all, it's all good. I could find something new with every song. So, okay, so what is after this? We're going to do questions. So, think if you have any questions. What is one upcoming horror movie that you are looking forward to seeing? For me, it's The Exorcist. Believer, I'm excited about that one. <laughs> There's a movie called Slother House. It's like yeah. it's a slasher with a sloth. Yeah. <laughs> so you thought zombies are slow? Well, uh, but the the trailer they released actually looks like it's really good, and I, I'm most excited about that. So uh, yeah, so I hope they put it in a theater. I'd love to see it in a theater, but yeah, it's a yeah, another killer animal film. But yeah, that's probably what I'm most excited about. <laughs> um. You know, this might be, some may argue if this is considered horror or not, but I'm very curious because I just recently found out this was happening. The new uh, Toho Godzilla movie, Godzilla Minus One, I am very curious about, especially because if you don't know, it takes place like in the immediate aftermath of World War II in Japan, so I'm very curious to see how that goes. And it's funny because I love, uh, Shin Godzilla is fascinating as a movie, and I just, I love, you know, I got into the Godzilla movies over the pandemic in particular, I'm like, I need a new Toho one. Very fascinating. See how that goes. So I said before, I'm not like up on, I'm not like big on franchises or sequels. However, I am very after Spiral. Saw Spiral, which disappointed me so much. Um, It's great. We have we have. You want diverse opinions on the panel? Um, I am very excited for Saw Ten. So I'm very excited for Saw Ten. I didn't realize there was going to be a new VHS until it was on yeah. the yeah. I'm excited about that. I like VHS. So VHS 85. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know if I care about any of these. But I'm a associate producer and um, an actor in a film that we started shooting in January with Alyssa Rose, Sheridan, uh, PJ Starks, um, Jeff Ruby Reddick. Um, and uh, I'm an associate producer, and I was in a bunch of the scenes, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, what I was the title of that? What's the title? Oh no, uh, New Fears Eve. Sorry. <laughs> oh, New Fears Eve. New Fears Eve. That's a great yeah, title. Yeah, uh, Dave Sheridan is our dick boss who fires us all without bonuses on Christmas, <laughs> and then has a Christmas party, and of course. Yeah. Kids get halved. <laughs> <laughs> I was there while they were doing like the special effects, you know, the tubes and the latex. That was the first time I was ever like able to watch them doing that. It was in Vietnam, and I can actually say from experience, 
Like they do spend more money on porn than they do on porn. <laughs> <laughs> the budgeting is higher for porn. <laughs> so are there any questions for us? Okay, yep. Um, I was thinking of Boogeyman, and I was wondering what oh, your favorite and least favorite book adaptation is. I cannot believe I... None of us mentioned Boogeyman. Love Stephen King. Um, okay, I'm sorry. What was the question point part of it? Oh, my God. <laughs> favorite and least favorite book adaptation? Oh, From the series. Well, uh, not that the cabin is you know, an adaptation of Paul Tremblay's book. And it's, it's, it's really good. I mean, M.I. captures it really nicely. Yeah, I gotta say, I can be kind of. Yeah, I actually I read the book as part of like a book club thing in anticipation of not get the cabin, and it's especially interesting given just M Night doesn't adapt things really aside no. from like the last Airbender or um oh. or oh. old old which was actually based on a comic book. Um, right, right, but but um yeah, I found especially if nothing else we somehow missed over him when we talked about performances. Batista. And knock oh, at the yeah, cabin okay. with his little tiny glasses. Yeah. yeah. So good. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be from this year, right? I Obviously, I love Misery. That was, yeah, that, that was my favorite. That's one of my favorite. Oh, Stephen King, King adaptation. Very good yeah. Stephen King adaptation. Like, I, and worst? Oh, God, I don't know. I don't know what my worst would be. <clears throat> I'm in Lisey's uh, story. Standing behind Clive Owen, I kept trying to get my hair to go on my hair, which is just like this, but it's red. And they, every time makeup went by, they kept trying to smooth my hair. And then it was still like you see Clive, oh, Clive Owen, and like right. behind me is this orange. Um, I, Science of the Lambs, I think, is a better movie than the book. I think it's one of those things that takes elements from the book and does something different with it. So yeah, I, to I me, that's say. a really good adaptation. And the show too. It's an even yeah, Hannibal show as well. Yes. yes. Did you like the Boogeyman? Was that? Because oh, okay. I was iffy on it because I loved the story so much. It's and not a okay. Yeah, I agree. It was fun. It was mm-hmm. great. Okay. True. Was it scary? Because <laughs> <laughs> the book scared the book. The short story in Night Shift scared the bajojos out of me. So the bajojos. Try to, try to keep the, the language. Yeah, I had logic issues with a lot of this stuff. <laughs> it kind of falls apart by the end for me. But uh, although I thought the trailer was this, I thought the trailer was very effective in creating something scary. It's it's kind of sad when the trailer is scarier than the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, my favorite adaptation is The Shining. Oh, it's nice. yeah. Oh, but it's so different. It's so I think it's better. It's scary. <laughs> but it's a That's a good controversial <laughs> answer. I like yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, how many people have not said, I am a caretaker? I mean, we've all said that at some point in our life. I'm the caretaker. Right. Yeah, I've always right. Been You've always been the caretaker. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Any more questions? Oh, uh, oh okay. Ah, okay. Oh, oh, sorry. Speaking of adaptations, is it that you need to see Malum? Oh. Is it like remake a movie from this year? Did you think you could make it faster? What would it be? I think me and Christopher are gonna redo Skinnamarink together. <laughs> I would like to see an I would like to see Skinnamarink two, but with more of a story. <laughs> did, you, did you bring up my mentioning of Malum because you think that you should re- re- remake Malum? Because I do think you like Last Ship. I like Last Ship. Yeah. Uh, me, well, no. Oh, is that a remake? It's a yeah, it's a remake of Last Ship. I don't know why it didn't occur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I can see that. Now. Yeah. Um, but uh, all right, fair point then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Although I will say that I, if I if I could remake Malum, I guess which is already a remake, I would just tweak the ending a bit and maybe not show the actual Malum because I felt like that was the most disappointing aspect of the movie. Um, but well, not to spoil. I don't know. I think I read it on. I don't know if this is quite like a um, a remake thing, but just with. Um, Spoilers for the, the Pope's Exorcist. Um, the Pope's Exorcist ends with a promise of, like, we have 99 more exorcisms you have to do, Russell Crowe and Buddy. So I just want any of the various bad exorcist movies that come out. There's even one, like, last October that was pretty terrible. I forgot the name of it. But um, just do it again with Russell Crowe. Yeah. Take any of those terrible exorcist movies and do it with Russell Crowe. For the Crow. next 99 years. Yes. <laughs> Make 99 sequels. I would totally be cool you have questions? Yeah, I did. So, you guys mentioned zombie movies kind of a little bit. What were your thoughts on, like, Army of the Dead, Army of... Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, see, Christopher I'm going to be quiet over here. No, no, you got thoughts. You better say something, because... <laughs> the whole film was shot, like, you know that mode where you can make your background... <laughs> focus out. The whole film is shot like that. I, I hate it on it. Including a dead pixel. Yeah, I, 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 thoroughly, I thoroughly hated that film. I mean, I, I like early Zack Snyder stuff, but I think he's also at that level where he thinks he can just do whatever. And yeah. He has a huge fan base. And, but I really, and I was kind of excited to see it when I saw it. I was like, man, what is going on here? I, uh... Yeah, I didn't know. Some of it's like, I know. Fire protections, and I feel like that can always, whatever blow they have to do, I mean, you know. Yeah, I think sometimes it's a style over, it was actually better. Overdoes, like, the story. No way. It could get any worse. Yeah. What about you, Thomas? Do you have any thoughts on You like Army of the Dead? Uh, I love talking about Zack Snyder in front of a bunch of geeks. Um, <laughs> no, no. I think, um, I mean, you know, Dawn of the Dead, his remake, I think, is a genuinely really solid yeah, yeah, that's reimagining of yeah. the, the concept. And there are bits of Army of the Dead I like, even though, like, you're going to have, oh, it's Las Vegas. All the residencies in Vegas... We could have, like, I don't know, uh, like, David Blaine has to fight oh zombies. Some, like, take advantage of your setting a bit better, I would argue. <laughs> zombie freak. <laughs> Chris Angel. Chris Angel zombie, zombie freak. freak. Somebody make that. I'm going to make that one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Any other questions? Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Um, you know, um, I'm good. <laughs> Chucky's really good. I'm going to say, you know what? Um, in terms of uh, the trends all the kids like on your TikToks, um, the Grimace Shake meme was genuinely great for, like, horror parody stuff, honestly. It, I... I just one of those great things like you know what sure keep doing this the kids are alright they're doing grimace shaking memes I'm all good with it <laughs> uh, you, what we do in the shadows um, <laughs> I mean it's hard comedy but uh, they do crazy stuff on there that just blows my mind they're able to get away with it it's brilliant like yellow jackets right oh, yeah. Yeah. yellow jackets going, yeah. yellow jackets freaks me out man the, the way they do that show is just wrong oh there's one on MGM Plus it's called From yeah. 
Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I really, strongly, okay, see, I really liked it too. I don't know if many people have seen it. The first thing you saw, but it's awesome. Yes. Yeah, see, there, so that's a. We're going to talk at dinner. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. <laughs> like, uh, y'all, I could talk forever about this. So that's why I'm like, well, what's my favorite one? From is one I'd recommend because it's of a smaller audience and I wanted to keep being made. Although with the strike, who knows? But yeah, I'd recommend that. So it's a non non-movie horror stuff, right? Yeah. So do books count? Okay, so the book that I read came out last year, but there's going to be a no one coming out in October of this year by the same author. So the book I read la uh, that came out last year is The Honeys by uh, Ryan LaSala. Um, really good, beautifully written, um, nice and creepy, and it's got some good body horror. Uh, his uh, new book that's coming out in October is going to be Beholder. Um, and so I'm really excited about that. So I would definitely say keep an eye out. The Beholder. Did you get it? Because I nice. am the Beholder. Oh. <laughs> wow. so, <laughs> that's, that's all we have time for. Uh, and actually, we're going to have to clear our room. But it's if you want to come back to the next panel, it's um, releasing the back panel. So that's what's next. And thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you all for coming. Have a good time.